Hey everyone, welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms master mealtime and become the boss of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 84, Why and How You Should Create a Food Philosophy. I thought that my third child might never get a name. Naming our first two children, and even the twins that we lost, was so easy. They all had a pretty solidified name by the time we knew their gender. But by the time we were adding our third little girl, we were overwhelmed by name choices. It wasn't that there weren't any good names. No, the problem was really the opposite. We loved all the names. We were experiencing decision fatigue at its finest. We finally realized that in order to choose a name, we were going to need to narrow down the options so that we could finally make that decision. We finally settled on choosing a C name. Why? In some ways it was arbitrary, but our twin that we lost had a name that began with the letter A. Our oldest daughter has a name that begins with the letter B. Uh, So by choosing a C name, we had a nice alphabetical list of girls. So C it was. Once we narrowed it down to choosing a name that began with the letter C, choosing a name became so much easier. Our little girl still didn't get her name until she was born at the hospital, but we didn't have to leave the hospital without a name like I feared we would. This week on the podcast, we're talking about why you should create a food philosophy and how you can do it. We talk a lot on the podcast about the overwhelm that moms feel when it comes to feeding kids and mealtime. A food philosophy is sort of like taking all of the names out there and narrowing them down to only the ones that begin with the letter C. Except instead of names, we're talking about all of the beliefs and opinions about food out there and focusing on the ones that matter to you. So first, let's talk about why you might want to do this. The first reason is that it reduces decision fatigue. So that's why I decided to start this episode out with a story about our own decision fatigue. And the story that I shared was just kind of a funny experience for us, but decision fatigue, when you experience it uh, in your home and as a mother, can be much more daunting and doesn't feel silly at all. So decision fatigue is real. As a mom, you're probably experiencing it multiple times a day. I have a whole episode about it that I will drop in the show notes if you want to learn more. But the point here is that by narrowing down your food choices to the things that matter to you, you will let a lot of foods or ideas about food go so you can feel more peace moving forward with how you're feeding your family. The second reason why is that you can find where you fit. It can be hard to find your people in the real world and in the digital world. There are thousands, maybe millions, I don't know, of influencers all vying for your ever so valuable attention. Uh, If any of you are familiar with Amy Porterfield, she talks about digital marketing. Um, You may have heard her say that to be the most successful, you should choose just one to two mentors or influencers to follow and leave the rest. This isn't to say that there are only two people out there with valuable things to say. 
It's simply to say that we can really only handle and process so much information. And by limiting the amount of information we allow in, we are able to use that information to the best of our ability. So here's how having a food philosophy can help you choose the people that you follow. So I just want to share a little story. I recently downloaded a little nutrition guide for taking care of myself postpartum. There's only three more months till our latest little baby comes. And he does have a name, by the way. Um, I'm a dietitian, so really I'm capable of coming up with my own nutrition plan. But I was feeling lazy and curious about what this person had to offer. So I signed up, downloaded it. And upon receiving and opening this postpartum plan... I read through it and knew immediately that it wasn't for me. This isn't to say it was a bad plan, uh, but it suggested things like cutting out all sugar and dessert um, and adopting a mentality that food is for fuel, not fun. If you've followed me for a while, you know that I take a much more moderate approach to healthy eating and that I believe that all foods fit uh, and that food can serve so many purposes in addition to just fuel. So while I'm not negating the value in the things she had to say. I knew that her values didn't line up with my values. And so she wasn't the influencer for me to follow. There, there will be times that your food philosophy will need to change. Say if you have a new diagnosis or even if you just change your mind about how you feel about a certain topic. But generally... When you have beliefs and a food philosophy, you can find people that you resonate with based on these beliefs that you carry. Uh, But if you don't have a food philosophy at all, uh, you can find yourself being swayed at every step and constantly changing or attempting to change the way you feed yourself and your family, which can be really unsettling and cause a lot of stress at mealtimes. You are allowed to change your mind, of course, but there is also wisdom in choosing your beliefs and sticking with them to test whether or not they really work for you. Another reason why creating a food philosophy is so important is to simplify meal planning and meal prep. The whole point of this idea really is to help you simplify your meal planning and meal prep. So when you know your beliefs about food, it will be far less easy to be swayed by a takeout billboard on the way home or the freezer aisle at your store, especially if your food philosophy addresses your feelings about these types of food. You will be able to plan meals based on your beliefs, which will help you plan more quickly and easily. The last reason why is that it will help you set limits. Personally, I already kind of talked about this, but I prefer not to set limits on certain kinds of foods and instead choose to focus on adding more nutrient-dense foods that we enjoy. But there are other limits that I do like to set. Um, I like to try setting a limit on prep time. I strive for 30-minute weeknight meals. That's all I can really handle at this point in my life. Um, You can also set limits on how you or your family respond to food you don't like. Um, And that's something that I talked about in the last episode that we do in our house as well. These limits will make your mealtimes go so much smoother. So now that we've talked about why, let's dig into how you can develop a food philosophy. So the reality is, you already have a food philosophy, whether you know it or not. The problem is, is that if you haven't intentionally created one or written it down, you may not actually be practicing what you believe, or maybe you're practicing a food philosophy, but you haven't stopped to consider whether a particular idea about food really matters to you or not. Um, I see this all the time when 
I see moms feeding their kid goldfish or fruit snacks and they say things like, oh, I'm such a bad mom. Like I probably shouldn't be giving them this processed food or whatever. And if that is truly part of your or part of their food philosophy, then they're right. Then they shouldn't. But I think part of the problem is, is that they haven't really paused to consider whether or not those foods fit in to their food philosophy. They're just basing their philosophy on the things that they hear and the things in their environment and things they're surrounded by. So I hope that makes sense as you start to get into creating your own. So let's talk about how to do it. The first thing I want you to do is consider your beliefs about food. So just going back to that example in the beginning, do you believe that food is fuel or do you believe that it's a little bit more nuanced than that? Are you concerned with eating foods that are good for the environment? Do you have beliefs about packaged foods or foods that are high in added fats and sugars? Do you believe there are certain foods that should be avoided or do you think that all foods can be part of a healthy diet? So after you've kind of thought about and considered what your beliefs are, I want you to consider whether or not those beliefs are actually important, whether they are actually helping you better your life and whether or not they're realistic for you in your current season. As you consider your beliefs about food, consider whether you actually believe what you think you believe, like the example that I just shared, or whether you're just kind of skating by um, based on the assumptions of people around you or the biases that have been passed down to you by your environment. So as an example here, I feel pretty strongly about eating mostly whole from scratch foods. Uh, For a long time, my food philosophy was pretty rigid. And I've talked about that on the podcast before. But as I got older and busier, I just couldn't keep up with this philosophy anymore. Things like making my own ketchup and barbecue sauce no longer made sense. So while I still so while I still feel strongly about a mostly whole foods diet, I also believe the diet should support both physical and emotional health. So I'm open to shortcuts that make sense to help me manage my home and thus manage my emotional health. So as you consider your beliefs, I encourage you to be critical and consider whether or not you really believe them before adding them to your food philosophy. So once you've kind of dissected these thoughts and beliefs, I want you to choose your top beliefs, the things that matter most to you. Get input from your family if you want to and if they're old enough to have an opinion and write it all down and then print this out and place your food philosophy somewhere your whole family can see it. After a little bit of brainstorming, you should be ready to get started crafting your very own food philosophy. Um, when I Googled food philosophy and preparing for this episode, I found dozens of examples. So you can read through other people's I'm attaching one in the show notes that I liked. And to end the episode, I'm just going to go ahead and share my food philosophy that I created and hope that it gets you on your way to creating your very own. So without further ado, the Spackman home or the planned prepped and productive food philosophy. We believe that all foods fit. We believe that a healthy diet is made up of a sum of its components and not any one individual food. Because of this, we understand that no one food can make or break the diet and we don't support the idea of bad foods. 
We remain neutral about food. We do not label foods as good or bad. Food is food, and we try to keep the food police at bay by not moralizing food or food choices. We believe in feeding our bodies regularly. We know that we are at our happiest when we are fed, so we strive to consider how we will keep our bodies fed throughout the day and to eat regularly. We strive to include protein and a fruit or vegetable at every meal. We know that certain foods keep us feeling our best. In order to stay feeling full and fueled mentally and physically, we attempt to include protein and a fruit or vegetable to make sure we're meeting those needs. We believe that foods and meals should support both the physical body and mental and emotional health. While we absolutely believe in the power of whole nutrient-dense foods, we also believe that foods help us connect and love and can also be a help in times of stress. We are happy to eat foods that are less nutrient-dense if it supports family bonding or togetherness or if we are in a time of emotional distress and we need extra support. We try to follow the 80-20 rule and eat foods that support our physical bodies 80% of the time. We also understand that foods that are good for our physical bodies can also help us out of emotional ruts when we have the time and en- when we have the time and energy to prepare them. We believe in cooking from scratch most of the time, but also in using shortcuts that make sense. Pre-cut veggies, sure. Sauces that are about the same nutritionally from the store as when they're made from scratch. As when they're made from scratch, sign us up. We try to cook when it matters and cheat when it doesn't. We believe in planning and preparing so food prep can be a small part of life instead of being all-consuming. And we are willing to eat a B-level meal that saves us time and energy for more important things. We know that we can eat well, even when we keep our meal plan simple, and even if we repeat meals often. We don't want food and meal prep to consume our lives, so we try to keep meal prep to 30 minutes or less on weeknights, and we try to choose meals that are simple to prepare and don't cause immense stress to prepare. (laughs) Lastly, we know that food can be fun, taste great, and be nourishing at the same time. Through strategic planning and prep, we can enjoy great food without stress and overwhelm. All right, I hope listening to that gives you some ideas of what you can add to your food philosophy. Remember, it doesn't have to be the same as mine. In fact, it shouldn't be. But taking the time to put your ideas of what you believe about food, mealtime, and everything that that entails can really add clarity that will help you stick to a meal prep and meal planning routine that works for you and your family. All right, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked this episode, comment. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends. I love reviews. So give me your review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have any other thoughts, I'm always open to an email. Go ahead and email me, amanda at callmebetty.com. I would love to hear from you. Next week, we're going to be talking about the benefits of taking an information fast for clarity in your mom life. So this is going to be uh, one of those mindset type episodes. And it's something that I've worked on and been doing a lot lately. And so I hope I have some good insights for you. I am so excited to chat again and we'll catch up in the next few weeks. Happy planning. Happy planning.